uh, the London GT was crazy. It was like uh, there was one list that was ridiculous that actually had a pretty hilarious theme. It was just Nerglings. He took nothing but Nerglings and he had two great unclean ones and one of them he had modeled up with just a shitload of Nerglings standing on each other. Just like put them in a blob of it was glue. Just a pile of Nerglings the size of a great unclean <laughs> one. Holding a great unclean one sword or something like that. It was amazing. Uh, like but, Nergling Voltron, but way more extreme. <laughs> Episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm your host Tom, and with me, as always, are two, one, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel ripped off. Uh, Dan? <laughs> no, you don't, Dan. Oh, Ward. Ward. Mike. It's and been a Steve. while. Steve. Okay, yeah. So it's not only has it been a while uh, since we podcast because we took, we took uh, a week off. Yep. So this is our first podcast in four weeks. But I think this might be the first podcast that all five of us have been in the same room in like three months. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. I know because we've been busy with uh, the slow pitch on the Tuesdays, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's been a thing. Race so. track on some of the Thursdays, so, so we don't. It's been good. So I'm feeling a little bit weird because I don't get to tell anyone to fuck off this episode. Yeah, it's true. It's, well, you can't feel like left off. I can tell you to fuck off, Tom. You can, but it's just I, they I'll get do to this fight for back you. now. Yeah, that's <laughs> the they fight back. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's no. Fun. Uh, it's like I like to pwn noobs, you know. Yeah, noob tubes. Yeah, and it's just—it's gotcha. not the same. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think there's going to be a lot to get through this week. So let's just hammer in forward. Um, let's ram it in. Ram it in. Yeah. This week in hobby, go, Steve. Uh, I did a lot. Um, so I got the rest of my ad mech completely finished. Uh, I did a whole bunch of work on a commission. Started on some Eldar stuff. Uh, did some bunch of terrain. Uh, that might not have been this week. But was within the last two weeks, so I'll count it. Uh, well, anything yeah. since the last time you were on a podcast, just go ahead. Yeah, there's a lot. I can't even think of it all. But most of it's been, I finished up the 15 Vanguard uh, from yep. Admech. Um, got the the hills done, started in on the generator, got the warp gates done, finished up some old Empire commissions that I've been sitting on for a while. Like years. Uh, yeah, I know. I need to deal with that. Um and then, yeah, started it on some Eldar again, which is kind of cool. And did some work on knights. I picked up a new another uh, fist, like the gauntlet stuff, because mm-hmm. those things are super cool now with the new Death Grip stratagem. So, yeah, lots of things. I'm sure I'm missing some things, but... Cool. Mike, how many armies have you painted since the last time you were on a podcast? Finished or started? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever floats Let's your Let's go boat. with finished okay. so we okay. all feel okay. a little better. I finished an Honored Doom Crawler. And that looked really good. Thank I you. saw it on the, the intertubes. Yeah. Quite liked it. That's it? That That's you finished? It? That's all you finished? That's all I finished, but... Next week next, is going to be rough, isn't next it? Next two weeks, you'll cry. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll literally I'm cry. I can't wait to play your ad mech. I want to have some... Uh, I'm, some. I'm thinking it's about three or four dozen. Easy. I want to I want to play some Schism of Mars type stuff. Yeah. It's getting, I'm almost finished ten of those. I saw your robots. Oh, yeah. There's almost six of those done. Nice. Looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Ward, it's been a month. I did uh, finish the Blood Bowl team that was playable, and then I proceeded to drop one of the mummies at uh, Pound Town, which we'll talk about later. In, like, your first game, wasn't it? uh, No, I had a couple beers, so... 
at lunch. It was so the first game after. It was the first game after lunch. It was game two. It was the first game after lunch. Oh, yeah, that would be game two. <laughs> <laughs> Out of six. That, uh, that makes a lot of sense for sure. Uh, and then I'm also building a uh, few Demon Princes for some Thousand Suns. Ooh. Will they be able to get in time for LVO? They better be. They are part of the list, so yeah. Oh, so you, are you registered uh, for the champs? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> We're all playing in a 40K tournament. Like a competitive 40k tournament. What well, the fuck? Well, just because we're playing in a competitive 40k tournament, I will not be competitive. No, we'll be the guys who's like, this game looks like it's over. Beers? <laughs> Turn two. Yeah, exactly. Turn two. Eh? <laughs> That's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Can't wait. Anything else? Um, how'd the bases go? About, you started doing so the bases so. for the princes? No, I haven't. I what got, are you doing? I've been doing yard work and. Honey Doolittle baseball and tell her to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish you worked out of town sometimes again. I'm like, oh man. And I, this is proof she doesn't listen to the I miss those weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit. Oh man, Dad, how about you? I put some paints on the table. I took them out of the drawer. Wow. Yep. That's no, 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 no. This is a positive podcast. We're rewarding Dad's progress. Yeah. As Fucking mediocre as it may be. Well done, man. I was good job. I was thinking I didn't about get that. I finished something too. Yeah, but you have a. It's the, it's the same sort of thing I always did with my with my schoolwork. If you got seventies when you got an eighty five, it was quite impressive. You always set the bar lower than you gotta, what you can do. You got to exceed expectations. Yeah, yeah. Under uh, under promise, over deliver. I was yes. I was God, thinking. You, you work in development, don't you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about putting some of my brand new Citadel paints that have never been opened. Into dropper bottles, so I put them on the table. Nice. That was oh no! So it wasn't even to paint models; Sick. it was just to transfer. Them no, paint. it was to transfer them into. Sick. Oh man! I want to take back my claps now because <laughs> that is that's like, come on, man. Okay, what did you paint? Um, well, I guess since the last time we recorded, I finished the halflings. I did the display board for the halflings, yep. and then in preparation for lock and load, I painted up a handful of jacks. Nice. It's awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, can we jump into Shut Up and Take My Money? Have at her. Okay, so I want a bunch of Shining Spears from a very sketchy Russian company. Uh, there's a company um, that makes the like alternate Warp Spider models. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's seen those. They've been all over the internet. They also make alternate Shining Spears because GW wants $60 for three of the current Shining Spears in Finecast. I know, right? It's pretty hard to <laughs> you, swallow. Do you know the name of the company? Uh, Can you legally say it on the podcast? I'm not. I actually kind of don't want to. Okay. <laughs> uh, you I don't want to lead anybody down that road. They there, are buddy? in Russia. I don't think they're ever going to get sued. Uh, but nonetheless, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, no. GW just wants crazy prices. I need to pick up four shining spears. So that would be 120 dollars of models that I don't want. So I can go and spend actually more in Russia. They're $84 for three, but they look fucking cool. Do you so, get a computer virus when they arrive? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, their website, like when I translated it, was the greatest thing in the world because it talked a lot about like how they would accept orc teeth and currency. And I was just like, yeah, 40K reference in Russian. Like it was awesome. And then they talk a little bit about PayPal. And it's kind of like, I, I don't know how I feel about this. It was very strange. So anyways... I think I'm going to be picking up nine Shining Spears from Russia, and we'll see what happens. Ooh. Yeah. 
Good luck with that. Yeah. I might send a lot of money to Russia and never see it again, but they have a really good reputation. Like, a lot of people online say they're great. Are they bots? Do they have more than three followers? They could be part of the Russian business network. Who knows? <laughs> they, they could all be following each other, and if there's enough of them, it's easy. Yeah, I don't. I, this seems legit. It was on DACA. DACA's generally pretty good for that sort of stuff. There was another thread on Reddit. I feel okay about it, but nonetheless, I'm a little bit like... Mm, I'm not sure. So when are you going to pull the trigger? Probably tonight. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, also... Um, uh, has anybody seen the um, the termine assault drill for the Admech? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, so they just got rules, and now I really want one too. <laughs> one? Uh, well, there's a bundle deal for three that uh, saves you clicks, uh, mm. so that seems really tempting. That's worth it. Uh, Seventy five clicks or money? A pop? Ooh! It's yeah. only a dollar seventy three on the exchange rate right yeah. now for a pound, so that's pretty good. I if really kind of do it. You got to do it now. I have a really good idea for running uh, like two of them with ten electro priests in each one, and then having them infiltrate, and then also yeah. deep strike, all sorts of crazy shenanigans you could do. You could run like a an ad mech assault list. That sounds really good. There's finally a good reason to take those models. And those models in your color scheme would look super dope. I know, right? Because they'd weather up so beautifully. And they might actually be like, take my admech to being pretty darn competitive. So there's a couple things that I want to buy. And they're all resin. And expensive. (laughs) Mike, how about you? Well, I didn't get everything I want because I want to stay married. But (laughs) there's a lot of new AOS stuff coming out. Yep, and that's a thing. I am still super excited to see what Adeptus Titanicus is going to be coming out because it's really nostalgic yeah. for me. Super nostalgic. Oh, some of the rumors for the costs on it are scary. Yeah, what, like the that's, that's the other like money wise. Mm-hmm. The starter box with all the models in it because there's a starter box with yep. rules only, and then there's the one with all the terrain. No, there's a starter box with one. Well, sorry, it? it's got like rules and some of the accessories and stuff. But there's a there's another starter box that has the two armies, the terrain. The whole thing. There's talk of that being 200 pounds. Because, I mean, really, there's a lot of shit in there. There's a lot. Like, a, I kind of want... The box was, like, eight inches tall or something. Like, it was a serious box. Does it come with one of the Warlord Titans? Two. Two. That makes sense, actually. Because <laughs> the Warlord Titans from the, like, the pictures from the open day or whatever, they weren't much smaller than Imperial Knight, like, 40k yeah, they're scale. They're, like, five inches tall. They are big. So that kind of makes sense. You're probably looking at $200 kits in there alone, like, Canadian $100 kits, plus all the Imperial Knights that are going to be in there, and the Reavers, and the terrain, and the pools. <laughs> I just, sense. I'm a little worried at that price point, like, why include the Warlords? Because you're price pointing a lot of people out of buying that game. But I think I think it does actually make some sense that you could buy the rules on their own, and then sort of be like, I want a uh, Reaver and some Warhounds, I guess, that aren't going to come out with a launch. Yeah, they're going to come out a couple months later. Um, When's the day for that? I don't know. I don't know if they've actually announced anything yeah, announced concrete. But what's interesting, though, is the Imperial Knights are going to come, apparently, in a like a box set, like a Space Marine sprue. Like, you put together multiple Imperial Knights. Yep. yep. That sounds pretty darn cool. Well, they're both the size of a Space Marine. <laughs> they're all sense. multi-part, somewhat articulated kits. That's all really them, cool. So. <laughs> right? Like, God yeah. damn it. It yeah. sounds cool as hell, but this is not going to be a cheap game. No, I agree. i got to work more overtime. Speaking of which, what's yours? Is there anything else, Mike? Sorry, before I no, no. That's I'm I'm either divorced <laughs> or I'm poor. One of the two. So you're looking at like Why a thousand. Both? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you're looking at like a thousand dollars in the next couple of months between Age of Sigmar and uh, Adeptus Titanicus. Thanks for 
Sure. Never do the math. You're welcome. Welcome, right? The math is always terrifying. Uh, I am going to pick up the Soul Wars box set this weekend. (gasps) What did I tell you? You said not to, but I'm going to. I told you not to do that because you have, you can't be distracted. You have to paint for gay. But I want, I want the book, and why not get some models with it? Right, Fair. so it doesn't mean I'll work on it. You know how fast <laughs> I work on stuff, Steve. Yeah, buying things let's and clar- working on things. Let's are clarify not, this. Yes, not correlated. Exactly. I was gonna say though, those models are fucking cool. It'd yes. be hard not to work. Oh on. my god, the night haunt stuff or whatever they're calling it. Yes. I like how every I time I, so bad. Every time I turn around, there's another set of characters being revealed on the Warhammer community site, and they all look better than the previous ones. Yep. I, yeah, I, I agree. All, all the scary ghosts. Oh, that black coach yes. might be one of the best models Games Workshop. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I agree. And I'm not even. I'm not even exaggerating. I, I'm, I like. I can't even think of one that's cooler. I was telling Ward this earlier, but uh, one of the things that I found kind of funny this week, we had a seminar at work about uh, goal setting. But Warren Buffett's goal setting is he does a list of 25 things he wants to do in a year, right? And then he picks the top five. And then puts the other remaining 20 on his do not ever do avoid at all costs because it will fuck up your top five. And I feel like that is our gaming <laughs> situation right now. Uh, like, there's five things I want to do, but there's about a thousand other things that are amazing. And I feel like Age of Sigmar for me right now is that. It looks so good. Yeah. But you're also in a place where, like, most of your armies that you want to play are painted. Yeah, but it still takes me a lot of time to paint. Like, I got to dedicate, like, a weekend to getting, like... 10 models done. You could paint an army of ghosts that is just one of the new washes. You have no idea how tempted I am to try that, just to see. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I'll be buying those, too. Some like, of their test models they were showing with that paint don't look awful. That's what I mean, right? Like, you no, do I that, don't. you pick out a few details, you're done. Yeah, I know, like, I'm not even kidding. You wash that green over a white base coat, dry brush it, and pick out details, and it would look pretty darn good. Yeah, like, paint a little bit of silver and rust on the weapons, and you're done. Yeah, they're fucking ghosts. Maybe like a different color for their eyes or something. Yeah, give yeah, them a red gotta, glow. You gotta have purple glowing eyes. Yeah. Because the purple light for Shyish. It makes sense. You gotta um, have more purple you should airbrush than the, they do. You should airbrush the glow so it's just their entire face is hugely purple. Just a giant purple blob. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> OSL, man. It's the thing. That's sure. how it works, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, anything else, Ward? I think that's it for now. I'm going to try to restrain myself. No, no, what do you really want? Don't lie. Don't lie. I didn't hold back. Why, why do you here? get to hold back? Help with the restraining? <laughs> yeah, you might need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll pick I'll pick up the new paints, too, and everything like that. We'll, we'll see what else uh, comes up for characters here right away for the Night Haunts as well. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just all start Night Haunt armies. They look so good. I can't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. light, light blue and black for Hobby Night Colors. I bought a lawn mower. Woo. For your one to one scale yeah, terrain project. The one to one scale terrain projects, yeah. Don't you sense. dare clap for him. Basically, don't, don't, all, don't, all my disposable no. income is going to boring house things. It's really sad. Yeah, that's home ownership in the first five years. Yeah, pretty much. Well done. Tom. Okay, so for me, <laughs> yeah. Monster Apocalypse. I'm assuming this is some sort of lock and load thing. Privateer no, no, it's a new Privateer Press game. Isn't it is it? a re-release of an old Privateer Press yeah. game. For those okay. of you that don't remember, it was the game that was blind by boosters of like basically the kaiju style monsters and robots that would fight over a city. Okay. Now, and they were pre-painted. Now it is not pre-painted, not blind by, and they have like monsters and robots smashing up cities. And one of the factions looks exactly like Godzilla, and one of the factions is fucking Cthulhu. So I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited. And the neatest thing about it is the gameplay 
is like bash him up drop zone commander where your giant robots win you the game or and then monsters. Yeah. But by moving around like your smaller troops and infantry kind of shit, they capture objectives that power up your giant yeah, robots. Yeah, that sounds a lot like drop zone. <clears throat> so it's a lot like drop zone, but it'll be like a lot faster, smashier, um, a little bit sillier, which is right up my alley. I was going to say, that sounds like not the kind of drop zone I want to play. That's <laughs> <laughs> nah, fine. But I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I get it. Yeah. And, and like, seriously, like, I can paint up a Cthulhu. Yeah. That's and that like it's what I want, so I'm I'm good to get it, and it's coming up in the fall. That makes sense. That sounds like your thing. Oh yeah, having known you for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the best part is, is that the Godzilla creatures like there's two like main factions. Yeah, like basically good versus evil. The protectors um, or defenders, whatever they call them, and then the attackers. So people basically trying to protect Earth and destroy it. And the Godzilla faction is part of the protectors. With the giant robots and the cyborg. So how close is this, this to, like, actual Godzilla? Like, they're smashing up cities, but I don't... Well, Godzilla's always the protector in those movies. He's always the one saving the city from another monster. Have you ever watched Godzilla? You know Godzilla? Yeah, I know. I've watched the, oh, the Jeff Goldblum one. <laughs> I think it's Jeff Goldblum in that no, one. You're no, no, of, you're uh, thinking of... Uh, Matthew Broderick? Yeah. Whichever the one. The really, the really bad one. one. Like the worst one ever that's like the least like any other Godzilla movie ever? Yeah, I haven't... Uh, it's the one I saw, the most recent one. No, no there's no, newer ones than that. Brian Cranston's Brian a newer Cranston's one. one. Yeah. I saw the Brian Cranston one. Okay. Yeah, and Godzilla's saving the city. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah from like he destroys it in the process. Yeah. But, but he saves, saves it, it from the bigger, badder monsters. I was going to say, they're quite forgettable movies. Just <laughs> Fuck you! Saying that out loud. <laughs> Anyways, so, Protectors, and then the Cthulhu is obviously trying to destroy and enslave the entire planet. So okay. I can get both of those and have, like, a full set to play with friends. I did, I, today I learned Godzilla's a good guy. Did not know that. How did you... Well... I'm not a big Godzilla fan. This Okay, so, like, I was... When I was driving up to Lock and Load, I was hanging out with my buddy Ryan, and... I put on a cover of the um, of Rasputin by Boney M. Okay, yeah. By a different band. Yep. And I'm, he's like, "What is this?" I'm just like, "Just wait for it. You're gonna know." Like when it hits, you you're gonna know. I'm guessing he did not know. And he's Had never heard of Boney M. Has he never <laughs> been? To, has he never been to a wedding? <laughs> it's America. Maybe it's just like a really yeah. weird different place. Yeah, yeah we have a lot of Ukrainian weddings here in Alberta, so that uh, is uh, is Boney M Ukrainian? No, <laughs> no, but that no, song but is very. For some reason, it's a staple at Ukrainian weddings, I find. So. Yeah, of course it is. So yeah, can confirm. They probably uh, want to laugh at uh, Ras- the Rasputin. Chicken, the Chicken Dance and Rasputin by Bonnie. Yeah, I feel like that's got to be an American thing, too. If we have any American listeners, please post No, it. fun fact. Chicken Dance started in Alberta. Yep, actually. Dirty the guy who started it. You know the you're, guy that started it? No way! No, no, no. That is a claim you guy. can't make. No, it is, because his son worked for me at the hotel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Remember, Mike is old as fuck. He would know these things. This is the greatest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> Steve learns about Godzilla. I learned about the chicken dance. The greatest so day ever. <laughs> it's fun facts with Hobby Night in Canada. I thought this was like a thing that had been going on with the chicken dance since like, I don't know, the mid-1930s or some ridiculous 1911. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. <laughs> but it was in Alberta that it started. Oh my god, it's amazing. And it was not too far from Edmonton either. There was like a hall out in the sticks. Can someone confirm this? I feel like this is something I need. Mike just did. You like, I, I, I need. I need an independent verification. Okay, sorry. I so I brought it up. Second reason that is too amazing to believe. <laughs> but like, I brought it up, and Mike's like, "Yeah, I know the guy." Like, is that not enough? That's pretty close. 
That's pretty close. I feel like there could be collusion. We need yes, to, we need I to purposely Ripley. asked Tob to set that question up for me. We need the Ripley's guy with the clipboard. Set me up today, okay, that's buddy? Fair. That's set fair. me that's up. Pretty, that's pretty niche. That would be a very weird setup. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, okay. No, we need the Ripley's Believe It or Not guy with the clipboard. We need All right. it. All right. We, we need, uh, what was it, like, David Kane or whatever? Oh. <laughs> We're off on it. Shit, what Great was radio his here. name? Dean Kane. Dean Kane! Yes, that's the one. Okay. Superman from Lois and Clark, host of Ripley's Believe It or Not, the TV show. Yeah. Come on. But no, we need an official with a clipboard. Yeah, okay, fair enough. It's okay. not a clipboard official. We should keep this on somewhat on track. Yeah, so uh, we're going we're gonna, to, we're gonna, at this point, segue into Lock and Load. Yeah. So I have my cycle, right? I go to Lock and Load, I'm like super jazzed on War Machine, I'm super jazzed for like a month or two, and then I just completely give up and move on to something else. Uh, and then I'm like, this is going to be my last lock and load ever. And I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to go because I'm going to hang out with my buddies and whatever. Yep. And then I go, and it's like the best lock and load yet. And then I'm like super jazz. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be going every year for the end of time. Yep. Uh, so I'm right there right now because it was the best lock and load yet. Yeah, that makes sense. It's our anniversary, right? Uh, yeah, it was. And honestly, a lot of the things about it was that uh, it was the first time I've gone that the venue was in the same place as the hotel. Oh, that seems... Uh, like a bit of an oversight the previous years? Well, they were in a really big venue before. Okay. Um, whereas this was a bit of a smaller venue. Okay. Because, like, back at the height, there was about a 1,000 people showing up Okay. to this event. This one, I think, was probably closer to, like, five 600. Okay. So it was pretty tight, and the Iron Arena was bumping the whole weekend. Um, and the only problem was it was in, like, this room on the second floor that had a massive glass wall. That was facing the sun. Massive glass. Oh, so it was just oh. like a micro uh, magnifying glass. Just it, it was some nerd soup. Like you would, yeah. you would walk within like five feet of the door into the iron arena, and you'd be like, "Oh, buddy!" And you just like take a deep breath and go in. Oh, that's not good. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We played some uh, the hard cash guys. We had some really. We played some fun scenarios, um, and. Like, one of the main ones was, like, a colossal hunt for a company of iron. Yep. So we're all trying to, like, take down a Mountain King or a Gargantua or a, a fucking... Galleon? Galleon, thank you. Brain not work. Yep. I'm still in, like, my brain is partially working from that weekend because it was a little bit uh, inebriated. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like a um, And you're not a kid anymore, man. Oh, man. But no, the solution <laughs> is. The solution to, like, being too rough is whatever you're drinking alcohol-wise in your, like... Water bottle, fill it half with ice. So then you're always getting water in. And I drank a lot of ice wine that <laughs> way. That's, uh, I, ice, ice, wine? ice wine? I don't think that's uh, how ice wine works, uh, but I don't I'm not No, it's, it's, a, it's legitimately not. I'm not a doctor, but... Uh, Mike's brought over ice wine, and I don't remember it having ice. <laughs> no, no. But it just basically turned the wine into juice, which was pretty good. All right, all right. And then we were like, got a little adventurous and started mixing in some OJ... And bourbon. Are <laughs> you gonna make it warm? <laughs> Into the wine to make like hotel room sangria. Oh, that sounds excellent. <laughs> Which was awesome. I imagine it by was the great. Way. I bet you it was the best sangria ever. <laughs> I wish everybody that's listening to this could see Dan's face right now. <laughs> Sorry. That, if we had it, there was also a bit of seven up in there. But it was it was actually like really good. And everyone that tried it can confirm it was amazing. Was that sounds like a shit. When they tried it. Yeah. No. Oh. Sorry. When it first started, yes. But then day two, when Did you I was let make, it ferment till day two, or no, you mix batch? it every time. Oh, okay. We had two boxes of wine in the hotel room. Oh, box wine, the best wine. <laughs> they were like fourteen dollars from this like grocery store in Portland. 
for five liters of wine. <laughs> yep. Sounds like a hell of a weekend. <laughs> it was so good. Um, but anyways, outside of that, um, the the keynote was really cool. They talked a lot about Monster Apocalypse. They talked about a new game they're releasing, which I'm a little foggy on the exact name, but I th- <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> um, but Are you sure your hotel, what was it, bourbon fucking sangria didn't like destroy your brain like none of this happened you're just not sure <laughs> it's all a little hazy no but this everybody was, else listening is like I was there they didn't talk about a monster apocalypse at that, all no it <laughs> hasn't been in production for years <laughs> it was just like a really weird peyote trip uh, no it, sorry it was either riot squad or riot quest and I can't remember what the last word was but it's kind of their response to um Shadespire okay yep where it's set after the Iron Kingdoms implodes, and it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic game. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Skirmish-based, uses hexes, has lots of interactive objectives. Dan, it uses hexes. Did you know this? I do like hexagons. Yeah, yeah. So that's like that's kind of my half-sales pitch for this guy. Because it's your um, favorite shape. But it looks really cool. They didn't release much other than like the setting and the fluff. Um, but we should be seeing more information over the next like six to eight months. I kind of like that. I would, one of the things I've always complained about with Privateer Press is their fluff has never been on the on par with GW stuff. I you kind just of haven't read enough. Yeah, well, they don't really have a ton of stuff to oh, read. They really do. Um, I don't. I, yeah, their stuff hasn't been on the bestsellers list. I don't. I wouldn't argue that it's great. I think that's probably okay. So I think you're being a bit of a fanboy, but I, I will give you that I haven't read a ton of it. My point is, Dan I like the fact that they're never wrote for Privacy Press, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, exactly. So my point is, I'm glad they're advancing the uh, the storyline or doing something different or adding to the, the universe. I think that's really cool. Yeah. So one thing I want to kind of prefer, I want to talk about a little bit right now is that Privateer Press often gets put on the same page as Games Workshop. Yeah. Because for a while there, their sales were rivaling. Yeah. But that was like a that was kind of a weird bubble. Flash in the pan. You company. look at the size of their company relative to the size of Games Workshop. They do not remotely compare. Like, Privateer Press is a very small game company that had a lot of success for a little while. So I find they often get, like, unfairly compared to Games Workshop. Sure. So, like, when it comes to things like, everyone in that studio would fucking love to do the same plastics Games Workshop does. But the actual cost to do that is staggering. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I guess my point from the fluff side of things is from the army books I've read from... uh, I've only ever owned one, and it was for the convergence, convergence yeah. and it was not on par with GW stuff in terms of the background. And so that's that's my only sample size. So yeah. I can't I can't be fair on that. So it was like a, and it's that's a pretty weird sample to go from. But yeah, like sure. it's there's a lot of fluff. The universe is actually really cool. Um, but this is, you're right. This is a great way to advance it. They also talked about some of the new models coming out for the games of that like for the main games. I'm super jazzed because Steelheads are getting a theme. Wow. Does anybody else know anything about this? What, what are, what are I think they're a species of trout. <laughs> that is correct. Um, the steelheads are <laughs> one are the largest mercenary um, group. <laughs> well, they are they're, they are closely related to salmon, but they are yeah. Steelhead they are in trout. Uh, no, turn like, into a fishing podcast <laughs> <laughs> overnight, right? Um, the steelheads are like the biggest mercenary faction. They have. Um, basically houses and orders in all of the major cities across the Iron Kingdoms. Okay. And you can hire the steelheads to do what you need. 
And so, like, the oldest models are the Steelhead Halberdiers, the Rifleman, the Heavy Cav. Captain Damiano is their one dedicated caster. Drake McBain often works with the Steelheads. I like that name. Uh, oh, and it's like have to quote McBain from The Simpsons. Oh, dude. Dude. <laughs> all the time. Because he's one of my favorite casters for, uh, pri- or for uh, mercenaries. So I'm really jazzed to do this. They're releasing, like, a, a Steelhead um, wizard. And he's, like, this grizzly, old, like... Dude probably was a wizard in either for like Signar or Kador, and then was like that guy that got way too drunk all the time and got like dishonorably discharged from the actual military. Like that. And now he's part of this mercenary corps because he needs to be able to pay for more liquor. Like that's what he looks like. So he's just a crushing homeless guy that has a really good talent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. And, and a very red nose. Very oh, the reddest nose. Guy. And they're getting three different types of artillery, which looks really cool. Neat. Um, and probably some more stuff that we'll find out about later on. Um, Scorn's getting a new theme. Circle's getting a new theme. A lot of new models go along with it, which is pretty So this cool. is all at the keynote? Yeah. That's a big keynote. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Well, they, they've made it so that Lock and Load is their biggest keynote every year. Because they used to do a lot of stuff at, like, SmogCon or TempleCon or GenCon and, like, all those other cons. But Lock and Load was kind of left a little bit behind. And then they've switched that around. So Lock and Load's their biggest keynote where they announce what's going on for the entire year generally, and then they flush out the details of the rest of the conventions. So, for example, they've announced the next faction, which is Infernals. Demons! Mm. Yeah, and Infernals have only... Maybe. but Infer- Maybe. <laughs> Just, are we going to waste that time? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Infernals have only been referenced up to this point, like, vaguely in some stories, and the only real information is in the old IKRPG books from, like, 15 years ago. So they've kind of been like the boogeyman where shit's going to go down and the Infernals are going to come back and everyone's going to die. And now they're getting a faction. Interesting. And all they told us is that everyone's going to die. Technically they're War Machine, but they don't play like War Machine. Like there's going to be some kind of really weird mechanic that makes them work. Interesting. Which I'm really curious to see what it is. I'm sure the models are going to be great. Because they kind of tried to do that a little bit with Convergence. I'm interested to see if they can make it actually happen because Convergence wasn't in my mind a huge difference. Like, a little bit no. of the way they could share focus and that kind of stuff? No, but they didn't try to, like, totally change the convergence. It was just designed to be, like, really playing to that, like, clockwork yeah, robot different. feel. Yeah, different. Um, same thing with Grimkin, with not having feats, but having the the other things that they have. Uh, and they announced a new Grimkin model, the Clockatrice. Or Clockatrice. Which I misunderstood and thought it was a colossal. So it was just, I thought it was, like, a foot-tall, gigantic, like, $180 chicken. Yeah, a Just cock. a one-to-one scale robotic bird. Yeah, you can put on the. Does it just like look like robot? Just chicken. a robotic cock. Yes. <laughs> no, you have that. I, I do have the, the yeah robotic cock. I have, I have actually the uh, transfinite energy projector. Yeah. 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 It looks like a robotic cock. Yeah. <laughs> In the convergence of Cirrus. Yes. Cock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it Google, was really good. Google it if you want to see what we're talking so, about. So <laughs> all the other little details aside, one of the things I really wanted to talk about was. I had a lot of great conversations with people in the studio. I don't want to go into a lot of details, but um, there was a lot of discourse at the event around, you know, creating a game and spaces at conventions that are um, much more, like, inclusive. And so, like, from the design studio standpoint, they're looking at getting rid of, like, or they have been already getting rid of things like combat heels, like a lot of uh, models in wargaming. If they're women, they have, like, these gaudy high heels. Yep. That make no fucking sense. Yep. 
Um, they've already, and this is where it's really wild, unbeknownst to anyone really playing the game, a lot of the models in like the basic grunt infantry units that are fully armored, they actually sculpt at least one of them as a woman. So like if you really look at it, like the hit proportions are a little bit different. To like relative to like hmm. the kind of more pot or uh, pizza shaped dude thing, yeah. Um, but they're still like fully armored, so you can barely tell. So they're looking at adding a little bit more representation, a lot of their models, and like really flushing out, you know, the difference between like a model can be sexy versus being sexualized. Like those kinds of conversations, yes, are actually happening in the studio. Yeah. Which I'm That's so good. happy with because I look at it and I really like that because GW is also moving in that same direction. And I'm glad to see another company following suit. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that's a it's easy to do it when you're the larger company and you can just make these sort of decisions. It's harder for a company like Private or Press. And for a long time, the whole like uh, battle bikini thing was pretty yep. rampant in gaming and. I've never had any real interest in that kind of stuff. Those models aren't my thing. Yep. I don't want to paint them. Well, even Sisters of Battle, right? Like, they have a bit of that going on. They yeah, were with kind that of corset and the crazy hourglass figure and the yeah. all that. Yeah. Let alone the whatever they were called with the executioners. The Repentia? Yeah. yeah. The Repentia were a bit Yeah, much. they were... When I painted them, I painted them like they still had like the under, like the combat undersuits and stuff rather than just being like head-to-toe... Naked, wearing a yeah. freaking cardboard box for an outfit or whatever. Like, yeah, they were they were questionable models for sure. No, but I like that. But I'm they were free when I painted them. I'm glad that Privateer Press is uh, is moving that way. I think that's good. Yeah, and especially coming from like GW never explicitly stated like play like you have a pair. I think that was a that's a big change for for Privateer Press. Yeah, and a lot of the and a lot of what they're doing is really looking at like so how can we be. Uh, supportive to the hobby, how can we be inclusive as a company? Uh, and they're really making strides to be the company that makes a game that everyone can feel happy playing. Yeah, for sure. And no, I, like that. I vote with my dollars. And frankly, like if they're taking a much more aggressive stance on that, and between them and Games Workshop, like a lot of these other companies are going to be yep. falling by the wayside for me. Have you seen uh, GW's uh, kid geared towards cartoons? That now you mean the, the books, the novels, the novels, yeah, the, novels, yeah. the, yeah. the, the, the with the, the main character is a female of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. I, I love that stuff because, frankly, these games are never going to grow beyond the demographic that they're geared towards. Yep. And there's only so many, like, cis straight white dudes that want to play with toys in the world. Yep. Uh, no, you're right. Like, I mean, Marvel's done a good job of that. Right? So, yeah. Um, so that was really cool. Um, Trying to think if there's there was so much that like I I talked about games that I played. Uh, the only other things I really want to mention is that they've started doing something with their painting competition as of last year, and I didn't really pay attention, um, so I didn't notice it. But on top of their everyone deserving of bronze gets a bronze, everyone deserving of silver gets a silver, everyone deserving of gold gets a gold. They also have a coin for excuse me recognition of artistic merit. So for a model that doesn't quite make the cut but that they really like what someone did with the model they can give them something to keep them going interesting so what would qualify for that like what any sort of like thing you could put in words so you don't you don't qualify for bronze silver or gold but it's but it's a model and basically all of the judges it's like you did something cool with it you did something cool all of the judges get to go through and pick their favorite model of the like other models and then they'll get a coin 
So, shout out to my buddy Ryan, who his very first time entering a competition piece. And we spent a few hours uh, before we went down to lock and load, like going over, cleaning up like basing styles and talking about some little details here and there. And he spent probably like half an hour to an hour in the hobby room, hanging out, painting up a few little details, doing a couple little highlights here and there on the model. Um, and like really pushing himself because he took the, his favorite model he ever painted and like pushed it a little bit further. Oh, yeah. Yeah, makes and sense. he got one of those coins. That's cool. Which was fantastic because, like, here's this is now like a great way for someone to like be like, okay, cool. Here's a bit of that recognition. Next year, pushing for a bronze. Yeah, for sure. It adds another tier to yep. that push. Yep. Where you can always keep working towards more. Yep. And I, like I just I love seeing that. And I imagine, like, he was super thrilled and deservedly so. The model looked really cool. It was really great. Um, and other people got those as well. Uh, and so. They're really promoting the hobby outside of just like a tiered system. Of, yeah, this is sense. what you need to be at this level. Speaking of which, I should do a shout out to Steve, um, Steve Holt, Steve. Oh, as yeah. the internet folk would recognize him with Steve Hall. Um, he won the Grandmaster this year. Really? He yep. did. I saw the video. He's been pushing real hard for the last four years to like get there. Yep, and he finally did. Nice. So. That's awesome. That's fantastic. That's a that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen any uh, pictures or coverage yet of the Grandmaster results, but I'm looking forward to it. There's always some really good looking models. What, what model did he do? Um, the child, which is the Grimkin uh, warlock that is the little girl with the big monster. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he did a really cool job where it's like um, there's like a portal opening in the ground, and like some rocks are being pushed by the wayside, and there's a really cool um, glow effect out of the portal onto the model. Which is pretty hard to manage because it was a lit environment, and then like an abnormal glow coming from the uh, from this portal. Yep. So it was balancing those two light sources pretty heavily, and it, it looked wonderful. That's cool. So he did a great job awesome. on that. And Good to see us Berta people killing out there. Yeah, and yeah, really. And the the other nice thing there was some actually some really cool other models there too. So. Uh, he actually beat out some pretty stiff competition, which was awesome. That's awesome. Because uh, uh, Todd from Toad Painter. The guy out of Vancouver. I've heard the name. I'm. I don't he, know. He had some entries that were really <laughs> rad as well. Yeah, I can't say I. I know. I don't. I feel bad. I don't. Especially now with how how well GW's been doing, I just have not followed any of the other games, which is kind of a problem. Yeah. Especially on the artistic side of things, like it's a, basically like busts and whatever I'm looking at, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing we to look at, at Privateer Press, which is which is sad because they have they have some pretty nice skulls. And they're, they're always getting better. The other thing to really keep in mind is that some of the sculpts that they still have in their current range... Are really fucking old. Are really fucking yep. old. Yep. And yep. because they don't have the same yep. capacity as a company like Games Workshop to churn yep. out brand new plastic kits every week. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. Like, yeah, it's fair. So, it was really cool. It's leading to me being excited again. We'll see how long it goes. Yeah. But I feel like right now I've kind of got a more tempered expectation of my enthusiasm. So I'm like, okay, I'm excited. I've got to work on a bunch of 40K models because i got to have them ready for fucking LVO. Yeah. Not just that, but Onslaught because I've already committed to playing 40K there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that gives me like a couple months to I hope we get that. to play in a tournament. Have we ever? I don't think we've ever played. Hmm. I think that would be so much fun. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. Yes. I'm going to be playing in a 40K tournament. Yeah. I actually honestly don't think we've ever played. We've been to about a thousand tournaments together. I don't think we've ever played each other. 
Because we never played the same game. Well, I would play a little bit of fantasy at the same time. Nope. Yep. When you were playing your Savage Orcs, I was playing with Skaven. For like one event? Yeah, a couple. Because normally you were playing 40k at the time. I'd still play 40k, but I was playing my Skaven pretty seriously. I don't think we've just, we've just missed every single time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, so other than that, uh, honestly, if you ever, if you like War Machine at all, the universe, the models, the game, lock and loads for you. They have tons of seminars, tons of painting classes. They even have like um, sit downs with developers to talk about the fluff and the background and all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of opportunities to go and enjoy it. The one thing I will say is that admittedly it was Games Day Canada and not Games Day UK, but the staff at Privateer Press are so approachable. And they're out there trying to promote their game and get in touch with the fans. Yeah. That you can talk to anybody and they'll give you the time. Yeah. Whereas I've never really had that with most other companies I've encountered. Yeah. Um, again, like being at Games Day, admittedly it was Canada, but like they didn't really send anyone from the studio. No. And I, when they did, they yeah. really didn't give a fuck who you were. It's also GW like 15 years ago. Yeah. So who knows what what that looks like now? Absolutely. Really, yeah. I had I had some good discussions with uh, Jess and Jess Goodwin and Gavthorpe one of the years I went to Games Day, which was pretty cool. But yeah, I was doing a little bit of the um, a little bit of the like the behind the scenes kind of stuff. Not a lot, but like rather than just being random public guy. Yeah, walking around. So. I think that's kind of the way it goes too. You have a lot of people that think they're uh, a bit of a hotshot when they're at GW wearing the sheet, uh, the shirt kind of thing at one of those events. Then you have the people that are actually like writing the games and that kind of stuff, and they just have a controlled crowd. Like they're just so big. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, either way, it was super great. I'm gonna be going next year. Yep. And one of the things that's really fun. I, I'm glad that you say you're gonna go next year. I, I'm actually super happy that you're like still into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you were pretty down, I think. I think it was last year. Well, after last year, it was kind of that almost bittersweet because I knew I was coming home to an environment where I was going to have to fight to play this game. Yeah. Whereas now the community looks like it's taking some very positive turns. And so, like, I should be able to get more games of War Machine in throughout the year. Yeah. It's probably not still going to be my main game. That's probably going to be Blood Bowl. Let's be honest. This is the game I'm going to play the most because it's fast, it's easy, and it's played three blocks from my apartment. Yeah, totally fair. <laughs> so that's a lot of factors. Yeah. But uh, I could see maybe a few times a month playing some War Machine. Totally. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm like, I, I like the fact that these other games are going because that's what makes other companies good. Yep. That's what keeps these things going. Uh, yep. Yeah. Community is the big selling feature for a lot of cases. Like, totally. The games, are in a lot of cases, aren't worth buying just to have if you don't have that community. Yep, I agree. And, like, let's be honest, I don't think Games Workshop would have been pushed as hard to be as good as they are totally. if it for companies like Privateer Press. 100%. Privateer's Press uh, outlook towards their community is, is the reason why GW isn't uh, taking the, the stance where they have, like, no forums, we're not a rules company, we don't want to interact with our customers. Like, Privateer Press and uh, Fantasy Flight, they're the reasons why we're sort of in this renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. Which hopefully they can survive Games Workshop being amazing. Yep. <laughs> I could not agree more. Because goddammit, Games Workshop, what the fuck? Yep. Why are you so good? I know. I know. Even I was good. Anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Speaking of GW. Sure. And uh, gaming and all that sort of fun stuff. Um, I signed up for 40K Coaching. Oh, you signed up? Yep, I'm doing it. I've been doing it now for for uh, two weeks. 
So why don't you tell us a little bit about what exactly that is? Because at first I had no idea what this... When I saw this on the agenda, yep. I had no idea what this topic was actually going to be. So is everybody that I've team? told this to has immediately gone, Ha! You're playing with toys. This is ridiculous. But, in fairness... Um, I didn't do that. Yeah, actually you didn't. You're right. Mike, you're a good guy. Oh, I totally did. I don't think I Mike, did. you're a good guy. You didn't either, but, well, most people have. My wife. Um, <laughs> Alex, your wife and Alex me. did, because you told us pretty much at the same time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you start thinking about it in terms of something that you want to take serious and be competitive at, uh, I take tennis lessons. We go to the batting cages for baseball. Um, whenever you are serious about something, there's always a way you can practice and do better. In a lot of cases, that's somebody telling you what you're doing wrong or having somebody bounce ideas off of. Um, so... What was kind of interesting, I was I was um, looking on uh, one of the forums, and Nick Nonavani, who, if you don't know who that is, he's the guy that won the Las Vegas Open last year. He's won Nova, I want to say, three times. No, not Nova three times. He's won Nova once. He's won Adepticon three times, if I'm not mistaken. He's been captain of the American uh, ETC ch- uh, ter- um, team, uh, and he's won... A ton of different tournaments. He's a lot of people consider him to be one of the best 40k players to have ever played the game through all the editions. Doesn't seem to be matter what edition he's playing. He's just got a good mind for these sort of games. So he's offering a service now um, where for a fee, uh, a particular fee per month, he basically will um, give you access to a bunch of online resources that he records. He does it via Facebook Live. So he does a Meta Monday analysis, which is about an hour long. He'll talk about the tournaments of the uh, past weekend and what he sees kind of emerging between GW's releases and what the tournaments look like. So that's kind of more like your typical podcast for a lot of competitive uh, players. But a lot of those podcasts aren't done by somebody who actually wins those events. (laughs) Yeah, there's somebody who follows along. They're not by the people that are actually placing. So it's a little bit different. So it's in my mind, it's a little bit better resource because he's and he's also quite brutally honest about like this unit's broken or whatever else might be the case for this particular week. Um, Then on Wednesdays, he does a uh, series of clinics. So he does a Imperial clinic for a half an hour where he'll talk about particular tactic or particular faction of Imperial uh, stuff and answer questions. Then he does a chaos clinic. Then he does an Eldar clinic that covers Dark Eldar, Eldar, and Harlequins. And then he does a Xenos 2 clinic, as he calls it, which is Index Orcs Xenos and 2. Tyranids and shit. Orcs, Tyranids, Necrons, Tau. Um, so that's on Wednesday. So you basically get two hours plus of content plus your questions. And then on Thursday, he does a game uh, stream where he actually doesn't just play the game. He explains every move he makes and he plays different armies. So he goes through, like, I think today, which I didn't get a chance to watch, he's playing Tyranids versus Admech, Imperial Guard, and Imperial Knights. Um, so he's playing a, just a different army. So he goes through and does all the different armies that he plays and, and talks about them. Um, he has three different levels of coaching you can sign up for. So the one that I signed up for was the one where you also get his list-building service on top of that. So uh, he used to do this, like, kind of one-off for friends and for other people. Um, where you, he basically calls you up and you have a, uh, we had about a half an hour conversation about what I want to get out of my 40 K and what I want to do better with. Um, so I talked about the fact that I want to, um, do better on Renaissance, uh, for the Las Vegas open. That's basically my goal for the year. Uh, I don't want to have another 
05 and 1 showing. That sucked. Uh, <laughs> and it makes Renaissance a lot harder to get when you get no battle yeah, points. Yeah, you know, second for presentation is great, but um, and I'm, I'm not complaining about that, but I'd like to do better on my gaming side of things. Um, so that's my goal, and that's what we're kind of aiming towards. And then we talked about our fa- the factions that I own and what I like about 40k and what appeals to me for what, um, like, what kind of armies I want to play. So I like a lot of assault elements. Um, not a huge fan of, like, just pure shooting. I like maneuvering, um, and I obviously quite like my Eldar, so what we ended up talking about is a particular Eldar list that he thinks that I'm going to be a big, uh, enjoy playing, um, and also have some modeling opportunities too, uh, like the Shining Spear is a sort of a centerpiece model, especially with the stuff we were talking about earlier from like the Russian manufacturer, uh, turning that unit into something that looks really cool instead of like what I have now. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been kind of interesting, and, uh, there's been a lot of eye-opening moments that I don't really think about, actually. It's been better than I thought. Well, that's good to hear. So yeah. are you comfortable, or is he comfortable having us talk about, like, like how much is he charging for this? So I asked him ahead of time, uh, and it's publicly, uh, all this is public, um, and I specifically asked his, his permission to talk about his service. So they have a sale going on right now. It's $77 a month, which to me is an absolute steal because... Every single time I go for a tennis lesson, is 50 bucks for an hour. Yep. And that's cheap, right? Like, if you're going to go down to the States, Palm Springs, or whatever, to play tennis there, you're looking maybe 100 bucks an hour after your court fees or whatever else. So this is, this in my mind is crazy inexpensive. And the fact that I can uh, talk to this guy on Messenger and just be like, hey, I'm thinking about running this list or making this tweak to it because I had this problem in the last game I played. What do you think? Just somebody else that I can bounce ideas off of. And it's not that I can't bounce ideas off of you guys. It's just he knows what he's talking yeah. about and we don't. Dude fucking wins <laughs> crazy tournaments, right? Like, it's it's a really interesting... It's In all honesty, it's kind of like having the ability to message Federer about your tennis game, in my mind. Like, that's crazy, and I can't afford that. And I mean, obviously, gaming's on a different scale. But nonetheless, it's a, it's a really cool resource. It's not that expensive, in my mind. Um... And if it helps me understand the game a little bit better and, and be better at what I'm doing, I think it's actually really cool. So it's been neat. Um, and I'm playing a list I would have never built on my own, and I quite like the idea, and I'm learning a lot about list building that I also would not have thought of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I guess for me, uh, obviously, I'm one of the ones that laughed. I'm, I still kind of laugh, but fundamentally it's no different from me going and dropping 350 bucks for a, a weekend with Sergio. Yep. If you want to get better painting, at painting. Right? Yep. Like, and I'm happy that it's not like 10, 20 bucks because I feel that in this hobby, we undervalue resources. Yes. So much. I still think it's dirt cheap. He's like, like commission said, painters who make $3 an hour as a comparison. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah the reason why I don't take on commissions anymore. And I mean, like Sergio's class is something I would love to go do. And I would pay that money in a, in a heartbeat to go do it. The problem is, is getting to the class, spending the weekend, finding the time. That's a little bit difficult. This is the sessions are recorded on Facebook. I can ask my questions ahead. Like I can post them in a thread. If I got any particular questions about an army that I'm playing or whatever for the Xenos clinic. Uh, and then I can watch the feed afterwards. Like it's, it's really, really cool from that standpoint. The only thing that's really missing is like somebody to uh, talk about, like watch your game and talk about it afterwards. 
or even play against, but obviously, sure, yeah, location wise, it's a problem. That's not going to happen. So that's totally reasonable. <laughs> How often do you get to have that half hour conversation? Uh, so far, I, it's mess. Like the first conversation was in person, just via Skype. Yeah. Uh, these last con- like daily on messenger on uh, Facebook Messenger. So you can chat, send a question, he'll yeah. respond within half yeah. an hour. We're or bouncing ideas because he he came up with this list based on sort of what I have and what he thought I should pick up to make work. And I said, you know, I got a tournament on the fifteenth that I'm going to play in at Red Claw. Um, I'm not going to be able to paint up certain parts of the army in time. What can I drop? So we were having that conversation. We went back and forth for probably half an hour today um, to try and come up with something that I could I could finish working on in the time before the fifteenth because it's pretty tight now. We're only like what two weeks away. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like basically daily. I mean, yeah, that's cool. The only thing that I, I'm kind of wondering about is that if we're using the analogy of like a painting lesson mm-hmm. or a tennis lesson, um, or it's something you can do, and you're definitely those are skills that you have that are not necessarily going to be like going away. It's not like everything's changing constantly, but I'm wondering like, so let's say you develop a list. Yeah. For the average person, if they're starting an army new or anything else, you're probably six months away from being painted. Best case scenario. And then the meta changes on you. That kind yeah. Of so what was interesting about this is the reason we didn't go with my Imperial Knights and the, uh, termine assault drill and that kind of stuff is specifically because of that. We, we talked about the fact that Eldar have had their nerfs. Eldar are in a static place now. Like, the, the Dark Reaper spam stuff has been dressed with the max three uh, units, that kind of thing. So it'll be at least six months before they get hit again? They shouldn't even be hit, because in all honesty, they got... I mean, they might be, that's fair, but it's probably not going to be drastic changes to the list. Um, again, we're, we're both guessing, but uh, that was kind of the point, is... Imperial Knights just came out. They are probably going to have a drastic change, especially the new Knight Dominus classes with the Castellans and just dominating the last couple of tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of jumping on that bandwagon, building a list and working towards that, and then probably having it change in all honesty... I'm going to buy five Fire Raptor gunships. What's the worst thing that could happen? Exactly, right? Like Eldar have won tournaments and they've received the nerf bat. They're probably not going to get it again. Um, Dark Eldar might, but Dark Eldar are running a little bit behind um, Knights right now. Knights are just, again, crushing everybody. And Dark Eldar seem to be quite balanced. Nobody's, like, freaking out about how insane they are or whatever uh, on that on that front. Um, and you're only taking bits and pieces, too, right? So it's Yeah, not- like, I could drop the Taluses out of the list, and it wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, yeah, and just talking about, like, Okay, so now Dark Elder out, so you want to build an army that's not super dependent on stratagems. Like, stratagems are great, but you don't want to have that be your be-all, end-all, because you play that Dark Elder army that has Agents of Vect, and they just drop, you know, uh, that stratagem on you, and you don't get yours. Like, that's crazy. You don't want to build an army that hinges around that, which my admet kind of does a little bit. Like, Wrath of Mars, in some cases, that's a problem. Or the Fulgurites, if I build that list, this army has a little bit less of that, like... If I don't get lightning reactions uh, and I don't get the minus one to hit, whatever, a lay talk gets me kind of that inbuilt. Like, it's it's got uh, a little bit more future-proofing, which was something I also didn't really think about. I kind of went immediately to, which is what I've always done, is flavor of the month, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to play my Imperial Knights today, I'm going to play my Elder the next day, and I never play something consistently, and I never play anything that's future-proofed. So, <clears throat> a conversation that, that came up a lot um, at Lock and Load was the idea of 
practicing versus playing. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of the times, um, and this is where I kind of come down on it, is yeah. one of the things I hate about a lot of the, like, playing with other War Machine players is that they're not playing a game, they're practicing. So it's yeah. a very different experience for, like, a more casual player to play against someone who is practicing versus, like... I'm having a very specific basketball interview clip in my head right now. Which one? <laughs> the, we even talk about the game. We talk about practice. <laughs> Practice? Practice? Yeah, but like... Great, great clip. <laughs> so, I guess, for me, it's... Is this something that you are... Are you excited to be viewing your games as practice versus yes. playing a game? Yes, because I've never been so upset. Like So, most people know that I'm a decently competitive person. I don't like... Shocking. I don't what? like entering into things where I, <laughs> I don't give it my all. Like, I don't care if I get beat, but if I don't play well, I'm very upset, right? Yeah. Um, like, yeah, the I other guys... the same way. I, I have high standards for myself. So. Yeah. It's the reason why I take my painting seriously, take everything I do somewhat seriously. Uh, I just want to be good at it. I don't care if other people are better than me. Like, if I get beat by somebody that clearly outplayed me, that's fine. Um, but when I played like I did last year at Las Vegas Open, I'd never want to have that happen again. That was awful, and I was just not... I did not enjoy that. That's the kind of gaming I don't want to do. So I'm okay if that means I need to take a bit of time to actually think about how um, how my game's going to work and do that practice. I'm okay with it. And in fact, I look forward to it. Um, but, but I know what you're talking about, like gaming's always been and you're you kind of fall on the other side of this where gaming to you if it wasn't a little bit silly and a little bit lighthearted, it wouldn't be as much fun for you yeah because like i view i view gaming as that thing i do to have less stress in my life yeah you know no, totally um so like for me it's almost a like i understand procedurally the idea of this like practice yeah and why people would do it but at the same time, like I don't understand. It's kind of, it's kind of like I enjoy practice. Like people I'll that go, voted for Trump, I understand the reasons behind it. But I well, just I wouldn't make that comparison. <laughs> That's not totally fair. Um, but like, no, I love going out and and just rallying to practice. Like that's fun to me. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with uh, getting better. Like uh, that's something that I enjoy. The reason I paint is because I know I'm I can get better at it. That's like, what I enjoy about it. If I just did it because it was kind of half fun. I don't know if I get the same out of it. And like, I get that. Cause like for me with music, I've sat there and woodshedded like techniques or scales yep. or riffs for hours on end. Yeah. And I, I see the joy in that. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe I just need to like be okay with that. Like arduous. I fucking hate myself while I'm doing this for the end result in gaming. <laughs> I, I think gaming, though, as a whole, has gotten a lot more competitive. I mean, you see t numerous, numerous Twitch streams of, of people, like, demonstrating their skills and showing showing off what they can do and, yeah. and people trying to emulate that, right? And I think the classes aren't a bad thing, for sure. I'm just wondering the how long they can be sustained with, with current... Um, yeah. Participants, right? Like, how long do you think that you until would you benefit? have five hundred people? Well, not necessarily that. I'm like thinking. I'm thinking your your personal investment. Like, how long can you attend a class like this and and still get something from it? Like, well, it's a good question. I, don't right? know. I think if he's doing it right, which means like back when I used to teach music, my 
goal always was to get a student to the point where they didn't need me anymore. Yeah. And I felt like if I was teaching someone for too long, that was my failure. Yeah. And so I imagine they'll reach a point where hopefully that kind of turnover happens where you do this for six months, a year, maybe two, who knows? You reach that point where you're comfortable, you move on, and he's kind of got that next person in queue to take your spot. Yeah, and that's my goal is is basically do this until Las Vegas Open and see what happens. Like I, I, I don't get the time to play games as much as I used to in university or um, you know when I didn't have a real big boy job kind of thing. Um, so now I actually have to take some sort of time to, to sit down and do this practice. And if I just play games here and there and we play... Uh, and the thing that's also kind of a point, too, is a lot of people don't want to play competitive games every single time you play, right? Like that, And that's fine, and I get that, and I want to have those games with people that aren't you know, wanting to go 100% every single time. Like 80%, take some cool-looking armies, have the painted thing. I'm into that. That's, that's one of the things I love about this hobby, but I also want to have that resource to play that, that 100%, go as hard as you can, play the game. Right, and I don't really have that in the community right now. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, so that that's part of it too. Is it, it fills that niche of of gaming? Uh, you can get both. Uh, like when Jordan Murphy used to be huge into 40k, we play a ton of games, probably two or three a week when the Alberta Wargaming GT was going on. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. I'd get crushed all the time because I always wanted to take the more fun looking, cool armies, something that had a bit of a theme, and he'd go, "This is this is the best thing I can play." Um, and it made that was the year I did the best at the LBL because I had a ton of practice and we always played 100%. Um, but that was at the expense a bit of the fun gaming side of things, right? So I think this helps me find a bit of a balance between those uh, those two extremes. Um, so I, I yeah, it seems like a no brainer for me. It's cheap. It's a great resource. Um, I get to do both sides of the hobby, and hopefully, I won't suck so bad this year at Las Vegas Open because that's what I that's what we've always talked I sort of revolve my year around um, because I don't get a lot of time to game um, and that is sort of the old school cons that I love and we don't really have those in here anymore I would laugh if me and you got better records than Steve this next year you know what's happening (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing though I don't have a problem if you guys do better than me if I get outplayed what I will have a problem with if I play six shitty games that I know I made a ton of fuck-ups and I didn't play my best, mm-hmm. then I will not be happy. And besides, Fair, all we got to yeah. do is get Steve too drunk in one of them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is so fucking yeah. easy. Right after that is a dangerous the keynote. Point. That is a dangerous <laughs> point. Steve cannot handle his liquor as well as other... Well, fuck, I can't both of you really, like, white girl wasted. Ward, like, I got carried back to the hotel room and still made it to my tournament the next day. Well... Okay, in that fairness, fun, this year, this year I played all my games and was fine. The year that I missed two games, I still did as good I, as I had, most people. You had a three and three. I did a three and three. So, so the, the the other the other big thing about the the classes too is I think that you have to determine how how far away from an event you want to utilize these these uh, resources. Um, just again, if you I feel if you start too early, you might burn out. You might get too much information and you might overload. You also want to have enough time that if he recommends a change to your list, you can paint those models and That's practice with why can, I'm doing you that You can now. adapt, yeah. So, I mean, I think I think six months personally, like right now, would be like a sweet spot. 
if you're looking to be a little bit more competitive, like myself, I'm not looking that competitive. So even if I talk to him like a month or two out from the road and just say, but the other thing this is, is what I have. What can I do with that? The list service is just a component of that. That's the interesting part is a lot of the little tiny tactics that he talks about. And he goes through like um, how to wrap units to stop them from leaving combat or doing like these little really kind of like micro moves that you don't really think about that are really, really interesting or how to like leapfrog units. Um, like that's super useful. Even if you just go through his backlog of content on mm-hmm. just the, and they're all saved. Army. Yeah. Yeah. So if I bought in six months from now, everything up to that you have point linked to a, a pinned post of every single one of his meta Mondays clinics, all that stuff. That's what he's talking about. So that could be really handy actually. So yeah, I don't know how far six months from now, how far back that will go. I don't think they have a, uh, general plan of that yet this is something still new for them they might not have show notes um, <laughs> neither but, do we but right now what they're basically doing is they have a list of urls of all the live facebook live sessions for each one okay so you can go back and look at them all the battle reports those are still there um and i i don't know if that at some point in time we'll put a cap on that but right now there is none okay um yeah no, i like i think it's i think it's really interesting i think it's a a really cool place for the community to go to actually um, because Nick is one of those people that is not the, uh, Alex Harrison, I think is the right name of, of the gaming community, right? Like he's not the kind of person that's pushing Tao hammerheads around with a beer bottle, that kind of stuff. And the, the chintzy things that have happened in a lot of these tournaments. Um, he's very much on the idea of like, like Jeff Robinson is too, right? Where you play the game as hard as you can. But at no point in time do you do anything shady about it. You, you still play, play to intent. Clean. Play to intent. Yeah. Right? You don't play to the letter of the the ruling, right? You play to the intent of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, he's always talked about, like, if you're having a good game with him and you totally just, ah, shit, man, I know I just started my psychic phase, but I got to move this unit just three inches and you're willing to go both ways to play to intent, that's cool. The only time he's never done that uh, was last year's Las Vegas Open with that stratagem after the Alex Fennel incident. Uh, so that's the kind of person that I would actually like to take lessons from. That I think that's a cool role model. I think that's just good. Right? Cool. Last question. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that this is going to lead to a bunch of Nick Nadavati? Is that his name? Yeah. Do you think it's going to lead to like a lot of him? In a lot of these lists, or do you think he is? Oh, totally. Um, I, I I know what you're saying. Where he's like looking to the player strength as well, kind of thing. Like, well, just like, is this going to lead to a lot of, like, let's say the majority of their competitive players um, jump in on this? Like, are they going to be playing fair? Like, are we going to see a lot of the same creativity and diversity in the game that we might have if it was all organically emerging from? people's own imaginations no. or I is it going to maybe get a little bit more cookie cutter? I know what you're saying. I think it, if everybody did this, it would get more cookie cutter for sure. But I think that's also a function of GW, right? Like there are certain builds and certain codes. That's, that's a propensity for the meta anyway, to be like, Oh, this list won a tournament. Everyone goes out and buys those models. Yeah. That already is happening. Yep. And if somebody is very actively and proactively adjusting to the meta, they can potentially be a step ahead more often. Exactly. And the other, yeah, I I think the answer is if everybody was doing this and Nick was picking this, the armies for people, like he's actually a chaos player. That's his background and he loves chaos more than anything. Eldar was just like 
I got to play Eldar to win the LVO because Chaos doesn't have a chance right now. Uh, they can do well, but if I want to take the best thing I can, I'm going to play Eldar. Um, and that's that's the way super competitive gaming is going to go, is you're going to find what particular build works. And I think that is unfortunate, but the way it is. Do you know what I mean? So the th- the natural... and the, To a counterpoint to that, the East Coast 40K gamers are the ones that come up with the weirdest lists. Like Sean Naden plays a ton with uh, Nick Nonavani. He was the guy that came up with Lictor Shame and that, that won the Las Vegas Open after Lictor's written off as being the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Right? Like... Sean Naden uh, played two avatars, the Yinkarn and an avatar, which are also considered to be the worst units in the LR Codex, and went into the top eight at the Las Vegas Open this year. Like, those are off-the-wall crazy lists. And Nick's playing uh, Tyranids, he's playing um, Eldar, he's playing, uh, I think he's playing a bit of Tau, he's got a bunch of Orcs lists that are rattling around. Like, I think those are the players that actually can break that. I think you get the middle-tier players that are going to go, I'm going to go buy a Dominus in three nights. And I'm going to go four and two. I think those are the cookie cutter lists. I think in a lot of cases, like for me, I was going to do the exact same thing. I was going to pick a Gallant and my Admech and probably an Imperial Guard Battalion because I can pick up a couple of Forge World stuff that I don't want to paint, the Death Corpse of Krieg, get my CP Recycling Battalion going, and everybody's going to play that. That's going to be so calm. Um, This is actually a little bit out of my wheelhouse right now for 8th edition. So I think it's actually... The answer to your question is yes. If everybody does this, it will look a lot more like Nick's kind of armies. But at the same time, he's the kind of guy that does stuff a little bit different. Okay. So, yeah, it could be interesting. Um, I'm definitely, I'm always a big fan of of pushing diversity in in gaming. Yep. And in this case of like, even just like what models you're taking. He's like, I'm so, I was, I was so sick of War Machine where it's like, Oh, okay, so you play Circle? Oh, okay, so it's Brad and, and whatever else the caster of the week is. Yep, yep. You know, and you're like, cool. Well, it's a little bit the way it's going to be. Like, you play against Dark Eldar now, you're going to be like, well, it's going to be Ravagers and Taloses, probably. You know, like that, when you get to that level, and that's what I'm talking about, you have to be able to divorce the idea of top-tier gaming, like you want to try and win a tournament, from have fun narrative gaming. Because narrative gaming is what keeps people passionate about it. But if you're going to go to a tournament, why would you just get stomped on? Like, that's not fun to me. I want to give people a good game, and I'm not going to bring something that I just really enjoy playing that gets crushed. Yeah. I mean, there might be a tournament where I do that. But I've not done it before. Purpose. Well, even then, I brought <laughs> I brought the Cohort Cybernetica in three nights to the two year goes Las Vegas Open in seventh, and I knew I was going to crush because I didn't really want to play the game. Yeah. I wasn't really into it. Yeah. I just wanted to play something I was enjoying. But right now, where the game is fun, I want to bring something where I'm going to have fun. And fun, to me, means I have a chance of winning. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, a lot of the times, because a lot of my tournament play has been War Machine or Malifaux. And like War Machine especially was like, people would say, this model sucks. And I'd be like, how can I make this model beat you? Yeah, and you can still always, do that in 40k, but it's yeah. not there's the same level. Fair. 40k has some models that are just objectively awful because there's too many models out there. I mean, it's not like it used to be in 7th Ed where if you just took that, no matter who you played against, you were going to lose kind of thing, but it's it's still there. Like, Primaris Marines wouldn't be considered, Mike's playing Primaris Marines, they wouldn't be considered to the be the best thing in the world, but yep. you can give every army out there now a run. If it's if you play... You have to play smart, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's, there's that. I've right? got no hope. 
<laughs> you don't have no hope. Like you can, you no, can. I, be, I, I just be, yeah. No, but this list that like Nick came up with, Mike, you were kicking its ass for a bit. Yeah. Right. Like, who knows where it's going to go at the end of the game? We didn't get a chance to finish it out. But no, like, no, no. But, yeah, I got some good rules in. Yeah. If I took my top tier Eldar list against a Space Marine list that looked like that back in seventh, that would have been you. Like, there is no hope. It didn't even matter if I was a good player. Yeah. So I think now even. More so than before, these sort of coaching services are going to be more important. Okay, fair enough. Ward. Yeah. Powtown. 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 Uh, did you have a coach? Did I have a coach? From Powtown? No. How'd I it did. go? <laughs> Without a coach, how'd you do? Last. <laughs> I, did, I, I did come in last. Um, Killed a lot of people. Did you, get, did you get a spoon, Ward? No. No, no I spoon. I did not get a spoon uh, because I qualified for a trophy uh, of the most brutal, so I actually killed the most casualties over the weekend. So yeah, you did. Going into day two, Wait, I, let, let me clarify. It. Yes. you lost, or you most inflicted. of your team. You inflicted, inflicted more casualties than anyone else in the tournament. Oh, really? The tournament. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So a pretty decent margin. Twenty-three casualties over the over the six games. Okay. Next list was I think nineteen. Yeah, that it sounds right. Eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. So yeah. So my my mummies. Uh, you know, going into. Finishing up day one, uh, I had two draws, two losses, and going into the second day, I knew that I was in the running for the uh, most brutal, so I just said, that's my focus, and I said, run some touchdowns, and then let's line back up so my mummies can smack the shit out of you, (laughs) and they did. (laughs) (laughs) I I was rolling really hot on a couple games, and anything that had a big guy... I killed at least one of, guaranteed. Yeah. So, hey, Minotaur, dead. Hey, Croxagore, dead. Hey, Tree Man, dead. So. So what did you think, man? Like, this was the first tournament you've played in outside of the LVO in... In a, in a little years? while. In a Five little years? while, for sure. Uh, this is my first Blood Bowl tournament, and I do have to say, uh, I do... S- I do now recognize what you're saying, like like how strong the community is for Blood Bowl. Yeah. Going into it, I played two games, and then probably ten years ago, I played more games prior. But going into it was was relatively raw, and the first game, my opponent was more than happy to to kind of show me the ropes, clarify anything else that I might be having issues with, like. If, Declare if you're going to follow up or stay before you roll those damage dice to break armor and, and that sort of thing, right? So just a little bit more of the etiquette of the game uh, as as we went on. So which was which was awesome. Um, I got to see quite a few uh, different takes on armies um, all over the board. So guys that were picking up like little lizard looking models from like D and D way back in the day to. The guys that are buying like the newest GW kit and painting it in like two weeks just to play a new team. Which, Dallas which was Chibi awesome. Undead yeah, team. The Chibi Undead team, which was I think they used a lot of the um, It was Super exclusively Canadian. Super Dungeons Explorer. Yeah, right? So that sort of thing. So so there's there's quite the variety of of hobbyists as well in, in the system. Uh, but everybody was like sharing ideas, like, hey that, that army looks really cool. Um, and 
honestly, I had an awesome weekend, and fortunately, I have next year that weekend off. So, so we're going to Powtown again. Uh, I would sign up for Powtown. I've already signed up for the next local uh, Blood Bowl tournament, so I'm playing at the Thunder Bowl uh, in August. That'll make three of us. Um, yeah, so I had a fantastic time, and if you have not played in it, I highly recommend that you do, and I feel that all of us should go to Powtown next year. So Ward, so Ward, can I say it? Uh, sure. I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been ranting about for a year? Yeah, no. I. It's like, so good. The The tournament support was fantastic, too. Uh, Jack from Maelstrom Mats, Maelstrom Gaming. Um, just all the stuff that they, they produced for the... Uh, for the swag for the event was was great. Uh, it was well run, no hiccups at all. Uh, yeah, Lair runs a clean fucking event. Yeah, so I'm sorry uh, if I missed this. Why didn't you, Mike? You're a, you're a Blood Bowl guy. Yeah, everybody was staring staying at Lair's place, and I don't know him well enough to feel comfortable. We were staying in a hotel. Okay, whatever. I'm just telling you what I was. Mm-hmm. That was my option. Yeah, and I didn't feel comfortable. Stay in somebody's place Fair. that I didn't I, know that well I, because I felt it was an imposition above all. Else. I guess that I, I get you. I, I he's he's hosted, I guess, like several people at his place at once. Like the max was, I think, fourteen or fifteen. I think fifteen people is what that I heard. Awful. And where his wife like made breakfast in the morning, and they basically played Blood Bowl all night, ready to go to the tournament the next day to play Blood Bowl. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you're not. That's fair. So it's like a Blood Bowl hostile type environment. <laughs> oh, it, it totally is. And and honestly, Lair, I've stayed at his house once. Like just using uh, your army case as a pillow so no one steals it because all these strangers. <laughs> no, it, everyone's great. Like, no. It, Fun it, fact: it, I traveled through Europe uh, with an army case because I went to Warhammer World while I was backpacking through England, and I was staying at hostels, sleeping on my army case. <laughs> yeah, no, that not makes sense. Word of a lie. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It, for me, it was really nice. It's kind of like a good coming home of... Uh, I remember Powtown being so good last year mm-hmm. that I was kind of almost a little bit worried that it wasn't going to live up to being this, as yeah. awesome as it was. Especially since I was attending and you're like, ooh, oh, that, ugh, that, ooh. extra pressure. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, a little bit uh, of just that idea that it was my first Blood Bowl tournament since yeah. getting back into the game. And I've had a lot of pl- fun playing Blood Bowl since, but that was probably the most fun I'd had. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was amazing again. Admittedly, playing halflings, oh fuck, that is different. The st- Holy shit! The, st- the stunty teams and the fact that, that is- I I found out that I was being paired up with a stunty team on the second day for my first game. I was like, yes. <laughs> That's one of the things I love about Blood Bowl: <laughs> the fact that the stunty teams get a bit of a bonus. I love. That. They don't. They're on little. Well, they well, get their own really. little trophy, but they, get, they, they, trophy. Get, yeah. they get nothing else in the grand scheme of things. Right? It's I, just like you did the best out of all the shitty teams. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of like that. Fantastic. I, I guess I guess we do that in 40k now too with best of faction. But anyways, continue. But I, I think for me, it's one of the reasons I have almost a little bit of a harder time with uh, the idea of tournament play being all about like we take the best list possible. Is that in a community yeah. like Blood Bowl, people just embrace some teams are better than others, and you'll go in like, okay, so I won it last year with Dark Elves. This year. Fuck it! I'm bringing something else for that challenge. But that's that's the difference between the attitude towards the game. Yeah, like that's that's totally the the thing. Like if you wanted to go again, I'm going to bring it back to tennis. Is like that's the only other tournaments that I play in. If you showed up with like we're going to play a wooden racket tournament, people would be like, "That's hilarious!" Attitude completely different. Like that makes sense to me. But if you're going to show changes up, the, it, it changes, changes the no, but it'd be like if Federer was like, "All right, so I've won this like two or three years in a row." 
I'm bringing the wooden racket this year because y'all need to, you, like, you need me to have something different. Yeah, but that's you not know? how, like, the top level goes. And I think, no. like, Pow Town's a little bit different than a now 600 and some odd person 40k tournament that Vegas is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how, wild. How many, how many people were Pow Town? 30? 34. 34. There was 42 that had signed up, but a lot of, a couple couldn't make it and a few just paid for the swag. Because <laughs> the swag was the swag, amazing. The swag was really good. You got a, your own engraved or stamped dice cup with your NAF, I saw that. With your NAF that's cool. name and number, uh, which was awesome. For a 30-person event, that's I, insane. I, I used it all weekend, not going to lie. Uh, you got you your NAF ID. Tell me you drank out of it. No, no it's, it's a dice. felt it, inside. Oh. That would be bad. You could drink out of it. Luke would, Luke would have tried, I think. Yeah. He was talking about how, like... The yeah, felt, like the all the liquid's would... gonna get out of this. So, but yeah, oh, there's holes in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but you got uh, NAF ID dog tags. Yeah, you got two sets of D- Powtown specific D sixes. One was I pink saw those. with black lettering, and one those. was black with pink lettering and pips. Yeah, and the black with pink are my new Blood Bowl dice. I think. Yeah, they did not do me well <laughs> for sevens the next weekend. But the uh, you also got a Powtown patch. And yeah, you cool. also got a a little like, and and Jack got these done up, MDF um, like his business cards. It's the Calgary Tower in like MDF that you can pop out and put together to use as like a turn marker or something. That's cool because they really branded into it's like a Calgary event. The Calgary Tower is in the background on the Powtown logo na- logo now. That's cool. And so everyone got a little like I like that probably like fifty mil tall Calgary Tower model on top of it, which was. Just kind of fucking cool. I have to admit, after you guys, so you went, you were big on it. I'm not a huge Blood Bowl person. I played it. It's fine. Um, it is fine. That's the my feeling on Blood Bowl right now. But after you guys have had such fun there, I kind of want to go. Here's the thing. It's just fun. Time. Like, um, Also, we have a pattern as a group that <laughs> as soon as there's always one person championing a game. Yes. And occasionally... A second person gets in, yeah, and, that's and a then it's point. like a cascading yes. effect, yeah. right? Yeah. So like me playing Blood Bowl feedback loop. in a vacuum is like you guys are like, okay, it's like Tom and his War Machine or Tom and his Malifaux or whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. Whereas now I got one and mm-hmm. soon to be two other guys playing Blood Bowl. So. You have a shitload of Blood Bowl, don't <laughs> you? <laughs> what are you talking about, Mike? Soon to be. I no, only played four games. Played it. But but don't you have, like, 17 I, teams? I've, I've played more games now than Mike has, yeah. just because I went to... But Mike, having a paint, <laughs> but Mike having painted models for something doesn't mean he's going to play it. That's Mike true, has yeah. a painted oh, Army sure. 4 machine. Yep. Not playing it. Mike has, like, five or six crews from Alpha. Hey, in fairness, doesn't I have a painted it. Army for War Machine that's just pylon orange. And they're mostly blue now, aren't they? Uh, no, just the carrier list that I came up with. Oh. Mine's actually painted dumb. I know. I know. <laughs> but like, so Mike has painted shit for everything, but he only yeah. has enough time to maybe play two or three game systems at any given time. Yeah, that's fair. I thought I thought you would play a ton on like. I want to play Blood more. Ball. It's just haven't you got to the time? I've got three teams painted. There's another two that will be painted within the week. Dwarfs, Gaven, and... <laughs> See, that's what blows me away. When I when I decide to paint something, it is very specifically because I'm going to play a game. Not just because I want to paint it, which is... I've... I've. But you see, this is the thing, is why I can get more out. I know. Here, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mike just paints. Yeah. Mike goes home. He the paints. F- goes to bed. Goes to work. Comes home. Paints. The first work, thing I've bed. The first thing I painted that I didn't I think he also play with was that bust. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean the 
there's lots of pluses. I mean, like every event has like one or two hiccups, of course. Um, but in the last like couple weeks since Powtown, I've really considered selling off one of my old systems that I don't play at all to buy more Blood Bowl. Oh my god, this comes back to the whole you gotta get some 40k paint, dude. <laughs> you gotta paint that, two units a month. To that is LBO. true. Uh, what are you gonna sell? We'll see. So. Um, not on air. Not on air. This is an off-air conversation. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> Somebody we'll talk, will be upset. We'll talk later. <laughs> it's gonna rabbit hole. It's only gonna be if it's upset, and that's fine. Yeah. So, but who know? Who knows? Right. So, um, yeah. No, I'm. I'm really jazzed for the next event already. Like I, I signed up like right away as soon as I stopped at Roy store for the next event. Um, and then after that, I don't know what else is really local. I know that the sevens events in July, but I know that I work that weekend. That's the one there in Calgary. I won't be able to make um, that. But the one, and then there's the shit. You're that serious about it, hey? I really enjoyed it. So, nice. and, awesome, the, man. and the group, the group, the group was, the group was awesome. So, uh, very social. We ran across the street to Mikey's for shots and food uh, whenever we could. So. Oh yeah, because there's the bar right across <laughs> from Sentry Box, and like they are never. Was the event to do. at Sentry Box? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the ven- the venue is really good. Um, the only hiccup with the event was the Sunday morning. Are you thinking Imaginary Wars? You thinking Imaginary yes, Wars? Yeah, the wrong one. Yeah, different story. Uh, the sun- Calgary, the Sunday the Sunday morning start time um, was an issue just because of miscommunication, I guess. So, but nothing on on the tournament organizer's fault. So yeah, they they they're like when we're leaving, Larry's like, so you're gonna be here at nine tomorrow, right? And like, oh yeah. No problem. It's fucking pouring rain, and they didn't show up till ten. The store owners, yeah. Mm. That mm. that was the only hiccup. But we did mm. go across the street and drink more at that lunch hour. Then, so I was gonna say, oh, yeah. you're drinking that at nine a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know if they're yeah. quite doing that. We had that to wait right. till like lunchtime, but like the <laughs> the waitresses across the street were really good too. They're like, you could just call us and we'll have shots ready for when you run across. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're legit. They know how to treat nerds over there. They're, and they're like, "Can we get a schedule?" Like we're of going events? next year. Yeah. Okay. They're like, "Can we get a schedule of the, of the event so that way we can be better prepared?" It's got to be in a hotel like, yeah, or something. Yeah, I'll stay in a hotel. We always yeah. stay in a hotel. Okay. Well, I didn't know. Who did you? Do you come down? Who came down to the tournament in Calgary with me? The way we stayed in a hotel and it was weird. Was it me and you? That was a weird event. That was a weird night. That's right. We went yeah. to the Yeah, that was an awesome time. Yeah, that was the night that we were the both. Palomino. Yeah, well, yeah. it started and ended at the Palomino. Yeah, was there was night. a lot of bars in between. Yeah, I did not feel good the next day. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. I had, yeah, anyways. Yeah, uh, now you're scared. Yeah. That was an but excellent I, trip. But I mean, Actually, like, that was so much fun. The, the event itself, like, pretty much, like, ran the gambit of, like, all the different teams. Uh, I found out that I really hate Skaven. What? Uh, yeah, they're the fucking worst, dude. They're fucking... Fast and dodgy and little fucking shits. And they'll still kill you. Yeah. I kind of want to paint them. Dude. <laughs> Dude. I, it's my first painting. Moral though. victory, though, is I was killing Rabbit. You got no excuse, and, man. I bought you a team. I know. I have a team. <laughs> like, like, literally bought me a team. I was like, uh, you need to play this. And we both don't play. As, <laughs> as angry no, as I, I am. More than you. <laughs> I actually bet you I played more than you. Because Kyle, oh, Kyle, Kyle does like his bubble, too. Yeah. Um, but it's, as, it's neck and neck with like two or three games. As, as much as I was angry at the Skaven, I'm like, oh, I really want to paint up a team of those guys now. <laughs> good, so good. They're, um, on, they're on my list of like when I don't know exactly what I want to play, I'll just be like, fuck it, I'm painting a Skaven team. There you go. So yeah, you remember that sure. time I painted a uh, Imperial Fist no. Army to spite you? No. 
Remember that time though? No. Remember? The, so if you painted a Skaven uh, Blood Bowl team, about. that would be the equivalent <gasps> before me. Ooh. Except for the fact that you have to uh, get some 40k done. Which would piss me off even more. What is worth it? It's oh, worth it. That's like two levels of pissing yeah. off Steve. Yeah. Because not only are you painting his army, you're also doing it instead of painting 40k. Ooh. I would I should, I should paint them in the colors of the Sam Hain. <laughs> white and reds? White and red Skaven, that would be weird. No, you can't have white and red. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, Mike's paper white, white red. red. Yeah, that's fine. That's funny. <laughs> fuck you too, Steve. Maybe they'll, be, fuck you. maybe they'll be red and white then. No, 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 no. Paint them in the color scheme of your Thousand Suns. That would be awful. <laughs> that would be fucking heinous. Or Imperial Fists. Oh! <laughs> uh, that just shooting myself in the foot, then. Anyway, um... Only one of us gets to hurt their feet I, this I week. I know, I know. Um, that would be hilarious. But I was very surprised. No dwarves. That, that surprised a lot of people at the event, actually. Yeah, because so. dwarves are literally the worst to play against because they play a different game of Blood Bowl than everyone else. Their game is, we're going to grind you down, and we're going to win one nothing. It's... God, fucking dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know this before I bought no, them. Yeah, I'm yeah, scared yeah. to. I'm actually no, they're cool. scared to play they're them. Cool. Now. Don't no, be. Don't I'm be. Literally scared to play them. No, you can't. I'll it's, play my halflings. It'll they, be fine. They, they got, they've got. I'll more totally get my dodge survivability rules. for sure. And then, yeah, it's do- dodging and whatnot against them, right? So they don't. They don't really move once they're in a tackle zone. That's the big thing, right? So uh, I, I will admit, halflings are my new favorite team. They are pretty cool. They're so much fucking fun. And three treatment is pretty mean. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Until, like, I think it was, like, turn two, game one, one of them's dead, and I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore, guys. Yeah, you got to play Dallas, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that was a, that was a fucked up game. Undead or rough? They're rowdy. <laughs> rough and rowdy. But, uh, I mean, as as a new player, like, if you're thinking about coming out for events, like, the community is fantastic. You'll get coached along the way. From, coaching, uh, coaching. There we go. From uh, uh, just the, down to the etiquette, to, to what you should maybe take for your next like tournament for like skills changing, um, uh, abilities, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but I mean, it depends on tournament to tournament, right? Because yep. there's there's slight different variations, right? And tons of people like to just change up what teams they're gonna. They're going to play in the next event. Because you got to get that patch that says you played all the teams. The 24, yeah. So, which is, which is much awesome more doable too. in a game like Blood Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I played so, all I'm the 40k sure armies. You played every tournament, though, and it'd still probably take about four or five years to, to get that one, I think. Yeah, that's cool. Because how many did you go to last year? Eight. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. And I'll probably be able to hit. Eight, eight Blood Bowl tournaments until, last year? Until really? next Powtown, I'll probably be Shit. able to maybe do four. Sorry, it was seven if I don't include both Powtowns. But from like one Powtown to the next one, that's impressive. Eight. I'm only, I'm only thinking I can Better than like four. when you were playing War Machine, seriously. Oh, totally. Because it's more fun. Yeah, hmm. so. It's, here's the thing. Blood Bowl is just it's, just... it's just fun. You can play competitively. You can have skill. Typically, the people who... Are the better players are winning more often. There is that divide. The problem, we have a lot of really good local coaches. Like the field of competition of Blood Bowl tournaments is wild. But that that's why most brutal is a fantastic award. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Literally a consolation prize. Murdered everything. Yeah, you earned yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, for, for mummies. So mm-hmm. Tomb Guardians, whatever you want to call them. So 
but yeah, no, highly recommend it. And I'd like to change my shut up and take my money to also include a box or two of Skaven for purple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Does it, they do have the best uh, Forge model ever, which was what Blart or whatever. Super fat you know one. what though? Yeah. Just buy one and then buy the Forge World extras. You'll be coming. Yeah, that'll be good. And one of you has to make a team called the Musk of Fear because if oh, you yeah. don't, I will. Oh, Musk of Fear is yeah. And there's gonna be like little yellow stains on their bases. <laughs> My giant horned rat has a huge pea stain. Could on you face. call them the Musk of Fears? That's, no, just just the Musk of Fear. Uh, that's too much. But yeah. I liked it. I liked it, but it was too. It much. didn't. It didn't. See yeah, like we should uh, wrap up this uh, show. It's been a long one. Yep. Apparently, we should do this more often so we don't get this long winded. I know, hey. So until next time, this has been another another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. And I'm Steve. Play some games, paint some models, and have fun. Mm-hmm.